Media's back, back again. The Media Masterminds are back. That uh, was the best I could come with, up with and on the one already recording. I am your host, Paul, Legend Pop, Mr. Pop. And tonight I am joined by someone that is not Mr. Benjamin Rose, but the ace, the doctor who has been mentioned many times and the master of the multiverse, Joe. Thank you. And now you could add scab to this, uh, to my array of nicknames. I'm scab the... official, scab, scab player, however you would like. Benny is not on strike, though. I keep stopping Joe as he's going to drink, uh, have a drink of water. I know. Uh, now I lost my train of thought. Thank you. Thank you. Show's so, over. Good night. We'll see you next week. <laughs> so Joe is going to be filling in uh, for this episode. And uh, as previously mentioned, he will be making appearances on some of our other best and worst and maybe simply the best. But that's a uh, Tina Turner not... episode. Yes. Okay. I guess Continue. you don't listen to the best of the sci-fi, the 80s sci-fi. Uh, <laughs> no yet. comment. So uh, Benny is not off the show. Benny had some family obligations to take care of and the show must go on. We wouldn't want our streak to end. So I did coordinate with Benny if it was okay to have Joe slide right in there and fill his big co-hosting shoes for this week. Slid in there like a DM. Benny, we miss you. We can't wait to have you back. This guy's laughing. I'm being sincere. And this guy is just laughing. He's this guy. Br- this, this guy is something this, else. This brings back great memories, baby. Great memories of the other podcast we did a long time ago. So Joe is a, a former co-host of mine from other incarnations of different podcasts from Shenanigans, which was my first podcast, to Flickbusters, which was short-lived that you and I both hosted. We were yep. started the show together and that was a short-lived one. I don't even know how we'd be able to pull that off now. That was one where we would do similarly to media masterminds. We would do a movie review. We'd go see a movie in the movie theater and then give our feedback on it after. I, I thought it was, it was good for the time. Yeah. We had a lot more free time back then. And right. then Paul fired me three times. I'm like the JR of Paul's podcasts. I'm <laughs> kidding. I've never I, been fired. I've never been. You've never, no, yeah well i haven't been paid well the first the first check i cash i'll give you a cut all right all right but uh yeah and then joe was on my very short-lived aimless shenanigans show uh where i would do interviews with some of my friends and uh co-workers and otherwise and i thought that was fun so most of those ended up being we took the strengths of all those other shows and they're really in the media masterminds and joe usually gives me some great notes on listening to our other episodes and we have great conversations and he's very vocal about Marvel, as I mentioned with the multiverse stuff. And I think we'll have a lot of potential stuff to talk about this week, but uh, we're going to cover the usual, the usual non special show. So we'll do the news. Uh, I did not do a pick of the week for this week because Benny is MIA. So I'm going to go one of my favorites uh, it's not one that I'm going to expect Benny to watch or anything. I don't know if he, he's seen it or not, but it's one that I know Joe is uh, a fan of as well. And then we'll do what we're watching for both of us. Joe had a little time on, on short notice to compile his list. And then since there is no Marvel show since Falcon and Winter Soldier ended, 
we both watched the Dark Side of the Ring debut this week. Uh, Brian Pillman, Dark Side of the Ring on Vice. So we'll, we'll go into a little discussion on that. Really can't spoil someone's real life, but uh, we'll have a little discussion. Oh, I think and we can Joe spoil will... a real life. <laughs> well, he's spoilers. He's dead. But uh, Joe gives a little bit different perspective on uh, some former wrestling stuff. And that was stuff we did discuss on shenanigans where, you know, we're going to work into our co-host strengths and Marvel, some wrestling, some other stuff. Joe isn't really a big horror fan, so we're not going to talk probably horror and stuff like that. Yeah, waste of my time. Horror. Sorry. But Joe, do you have do you have expectations for the, the, this episode? Uh, I'm curious. I'm curious to see... Uh how the what we're watching stacks up you know um you and benny cover a lot of ground and besides me binging paw patrol at my son on like a daily basis um my to watch list is not super long but we uh we 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 squeeze that lemon hard with this week so <laughs> hopefully hopefully uh hopefully we got some good stuff in there i got some unorthodox uh pick in there Oh, that's good. That's what I just looking at over the show outline. It's good. We'll see a little bit different, a little variety of what we usually cover on the show. And sometimes me and Benny's picks and, and what we're watching are, are very similar to each other. So for, for this week, it's actually not. And maybe some good discussion from there. But let's go right into the news. So since our last episode, our last full length episode, which was the spoilers for Falcon and Winter Soldier, DC has announced that their second annual Fandom live streaming event will be October 16th, 2021. Last year. <laughs> last year, though, we had some good content at the Fandom. We saw the first uh, teaser, I guess you would call it, for Robert Pattinson's Batman film. Mm. We saw some Suicide Squad. I'm not sure if we saw any. Yeah, maybe, I think we saw a short clip. I don't really fully recall, but the the Batman t- teaser was probably the biggest thing, along with dates. And uh, again, this could be a lot more misinformation, but I think that's when they confirmed the Snyder cut as well. I was going to say that. I thought that that's when they might have, or at least teased it. Really, um, I don't really, I don't really remember when you when you pulled this up in the notes. I had to look it up. It's basically like the uh, the Disney D twenty three of uh, DC. Uh, information really that's what it uh that's what it comes down to dc fan convention and what's interesting is just literally just off the top of my head i just noticed that that date has to fall around new york comic-con if new Uh, york comic-con happens this year pretty sure that's uh, around that weekend yeah the uh like you and i have gone a few times to comic-con and i'm on the mailing list they have intentions of doing it they didn't post a date, but that would probably be fall around the same time. So I don't know if there's going to be a, a conflict or uh, this right. is the DC fandoms virtual, right? Yeah. You never know. They might maybe pull something together with Comic-Con and have like a, a screening of the thing there. Who knows? Who knows? That, would be, that would be a smart, that would actually be a smart idea. Even if they use a space in there that, you know, at any point yeah. during the during the weekend, you can go check out what's going on in the fandom live, and maybe give, have some giveaways or something like that. I think that would be a good it, idea, actually. It would, if it it's would the be, same time. Yeah, it would be smart, and then you know, you don't have to worry about having, you know, the DC people at the at the convention. 
you could right. just stream it for the people in whatever whatever area they decide to do it. And people are not familiar with the Javits Center. It's pretty big. Like when we saw Mark Hamill a few years ago, which I'm assuming if they do a Comic Con, they won't have people there. That area they had they had Hamill and a few other people. It's gigantic. You could probably not even have crazy bunched up amount of people in one spot and do like the stream there if they wanted to. Right. I mean, a lot can change in four months. We'll see a lot of the restrictions are getting lifted uh, for gatherings and stuff like that. So yeah. things may drastically change but or th- for better or worse, they could they can change. Yeah. And but, if, uh, uh, if the people at Read Pop are listening, you could just send me a check for that idea if you use it. <laughs> yes, that, I'm sure they're listening. Do you have expectations? I know you're a bigger Marvel fan than you are DC, especially in the the movie atmosphere. But do you uh, have expectations for this? Uh, I mean, I do and I don't. I'm not, like you said, I'm not a big DC guy. Um, I'm sure they'll tease more Batman. I'm sure that the the new Superman produced by J.J. Abrams will be chit-chatted about i'm sure it'll be just like the brandon routh superman and the christopher reeve superman because jj abrams likes to just pretty much reshoot old movies nostalgia right yeah but he's not he's not the director of the movie so they haven't found the director yet yeah that's true um hoping they tease some of this black adam with the rock because you know the rock makes goofy movies but you know that kind of got my attention and he's kind of like all in on the idea of doing Black Adam. So I don't think they will mess that up because The Rock's too big of a personality for them to kind of cross. So I'm curious to see how that'll look. Yeah, I think that's the the bullseye right there is I think the Black Adam, some form of clip or trailer, uh, probably more on the Batman. Those are the, I would say those are the, probably the big two to come out of it. I would be surprised. Yeah, I'd be surprised if the Superman movie doesn't have a director already attached to it prior to this by October, because it just seems like there's a lot, of, a lot of talk of this going on already. They put a release but date the, on that Superman? No, no. The smarter than this time. Yeah. Then again, like basically, basically like that. That this is DC we're dealing with, and they're not Marvel. They're not anywhere close to oh, that's setting sure. up setting up their roadmap. So I could be completely wrong and we could wait all the way till October. Uh, doesn't seem like they have all, all that much, I would guess in the pipe, but like the Harley Quinn show for HBO max, which I'm not sure if you've watched before, that's supposed to get a third season, but I would assume that would be maybe even out already before this, this event happens. That so, that, that could be, I mean, uh, me, that's, that's animated, right? The Harley Quinn. Yes. Yeah. I could be in the can by then, you know. Maybe they'll they'll tease a little uh, a little of their own multiverse. They get Keaton and uh, Pattinson on the same stage for a nice little stare down. That'd be nice, right? Well, Keaton is shooting currently the Flash, which was a movie that seemed like it would never ever happen, but they are shooting now already. So that could be another one that they can show a clip of. Uh, maybe some of their HBO Max content. This Gotham PD show. I don't know how far along that is production wise, and maybe some other. DC expanded stuff for HBO Max. Maybe extended Again. Suicide Squad. <laughs> That's not that that won't happen. Sorry. 
the the David Ayer version or the uh, the gun version? That would be nice if they made like a fake cut and it's just James Gunn like burning the script of the first movie and just talking garbage for, about for it. two hours. Yeah, him and David. It was Batista. interesting. It's not on the outline, but it was interesting today. I was reading that the writer of uh, Batman Forever said that he has seen this extended uh, Schumacher cut of Forever, and he's seen it recently. So I would assume there's speculation for that also for an extended. They could really get by with just making a section of HBO Max that's just extended cuts of or or director's visions or whatever uh, you want to call them of all these DC movies. Yeah, I mean, they certainly can. They're, I mean, there's a demand for it. I don't know how big it is. I don't know if it's going to be worth their while. I mean, if it. I mean, to recut the movie, I don't know how much it would cost. It would probably be cheaper than uh, Zack Snyder's Justice yes. League, which was Absolutely. kind of like a... Just because of the nature of how the movie was filmed, probably there's no visual effects to have to do or anything crazy. But who knows? I mean, there's multiple... I mean, DC seems to have a history of multiple cuts that fans have demanded, and throughout the years, they've trickled out like Superman 2, there's actually a Superman 1 cut that people would clamor over and it was like a TV edit and it's like, I think it's like three hours long or something. Right, right. I remember that. But they made an extended version. Didn't they make an extended version of Superman 1? They had like the theatrical, they had a director's cut and this TV cut a few years ago kind of snuck out on one of the streaming services. Right, right. That's where, yeah. On people iTunes, stumbled, I believe. Yeah, people stumbled onto it by accident. So, listen, if comic fans, you know, they can't get enough of the stuff, you know, I would be curious to see a Joel Schumacher, Batman Forever. Maybe they'll announce it. Um, I mean, unfortunately, he's he's no longer with us. Right. He apologized a lot for Batman <laughs> Forever and Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. <laughs> um, I think... I think you're right with the you see these older movies, especially you see like Superman and that Batman. There's really no CGI in any of these movies. No, it's it's practical. Right. Even if a work print or something similar exists, someone can come in and probably polish it up and finish it for next to nothing. It's not going to cost anywhere near what the Snyder Cut cost them to put it out. No, it definitely won't. I mean, you had the Superman 2 Donner Cut, but, you know, they went a little fancy and they started recutting it in Brando. And there was like a lot of work to it. You know, if yeah. they have a work print ready to go, if they could find like negatives that got to get cleaned up. They could do it very easily. Yeah. I'm intrigued with it because you know what? Batman Forever, I feel like gets a bad rap. It's nowhere close to as good as Batman or Batman Returns, but it's leaps and bounds better than Batman and Robin. So it's somewhere in that middle ground. And I feel like if it was what everyone says is these extra scenes add a little bit more to it psychologically. It's darker. You know, maybe if the characters didn't portray as, as goofy as they did in the theatrical, I'd enjoy it a little bit more. And that seems to be what, what this version is allegedly. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think it could hurt the movie, to be honest. I would have much preferred it if they did it while Schumacher was alive because then you're always going to have that like thought in your mind, like, oh, if he was around, you know, what would he have done? 
I mean, it's not the, not the first time that a director has passed away and they recut the movie. They, it's been done before uh, with like notes and stuff. So, I mean, it could be pulled off. Now, if we can get like a, like a Burton director cut of, uh, you know, Batman 89, I would just be, forget it. This is, this, this podcast would be over and done with. I'd probably drop dead. <laughs> I don't think that'll ever happen. That's like, asking for uh extended cuts in the marvel movies that they're not happening just give me deleted scenes it's fine just give them up tim (laughs) timmy pass them down yeah so we'll see what the 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 fan dome happens again i thought it was a cool uh concept last year i didn't watch it all live i happened to fall on a weekend when i had some family over but i watching the batman trailer when they put it up and I, i thought it was a cool cool concept for not having to pay and worry about it was it's the anti San Diego Comic-Con because remember when San Diego Comic-Con was at the at its peak a trailer would be shown and they stopped everyone from recording it and you couldn't see it and who knows if it was ever going to be consumed by the general public yeah the cat's out of the bag now this is going to be free or DC is going to make you pay for it no it is free the first one was free so I, I would assume the second one will be it's all publicity and not getting anything really out of it that's true. But we'll let's, see what let's move on. We'll move on to the meat and potatoes of this news uh, section. And as uh, we always talk MCU, this this podcast is like a borderline MCU podcast. Uh, they Marvel showed off what, what we would call a sizzle reel. Some people labeled it as an Eternals teaser, which it certainly was not. But it had a awesome. Uh, montage of clips from the current movies that were out already uh, with Stan Lee voice voicing it over and then it showed a couple clips from the Eternals and it showed all the dates of all the remaining movies in this phase potentially absent of Fantastic Four which ended the video so Joe I, I, I lob it up to you thoughts on this sizzle reel and uh, everything that came with it i was disappointed there was no mutants there was no mephisto there was no here we go go. i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm glad none of that was in there um i don't it's weird i kind of got choked up hearing stan lee talk i don't know why um it was fingers crossed that marvel could keep all these dates because it's funny because it's like the as today we're recording and this would have been Doctor Strange uh, two release date originally Pre-COVID, which turned into right. yeah which turned into Black Widow post COVID which now it's just two guys uh, staring at each other doing a <laughs> podcast <laughs> on Zoom doing a podcast yeah great. Um, the, the, the real meat is, you know, the Eternals, they finally gave you a little taste of it. Um, apparently some of the clips kind of tie into, I guess, what was considered a leak of some of the plot points. So the nerds are getting a little, uh, rubbing their legs about it. Um, about one of the, one of the characters in there. So kind of giving credence to I guess there was like a plot leak to it. I won't go I won't go into it because I don't I don't remember all 
all the specific details. Yeah, I haven't read much about that movie, so I don't. I was gonna go in fresh Frankenstein's yeah. style. I mean, I don't. I don't know anything about the characters, so it kind of is for me going in fresh. Um, and then they put dates to, uh, and not only dates, they put names to Black Panther two, which is called Wakanda Forever. And Captain Marvel 2, which is called the Marvels. And it alludes that there's going to be Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel. And, and the uh, Monica from WandaVision. Yes, for sure. Yeah. This will be our first female team up movie. All women. Women fight alongside the women. Um, let me let me roll through the dates real quick since I pulled ahead. them up on another tab. So Black Widow is July 9th, uh, theaters and Disney Plus. That's the only one on this list that as of right now is Disney Plus. There was a big point to that tri- uh, teaser, sizzle, sizzle reel, whatever you want to call it, to say welcoming you back to the movies, welcoming you back to the theaters. So I wouldn't uh, hold out hope of all these other movies showing up on Disney Plus right away. But we have then uh, Shang-Chi, which is September 3rd of this year. Eternals, November 5th of this year. Spider-Man, No Way Home, December 17th of this year. See if that holds. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which will be March 25th, 2022. Thor, Love and Thunder, May 6th, 2022. Black Panda, Black Panda, (laughs) Black Panther, (laughs) Wakanda Forever, which, which Joe mentioned, that will be July 8th of 2022. The Marvels, as Joe mentioned, November 11th of 2022. It's a lot of movies in 2022. That's that's four movies really spa- not so super spaced out in, in 2022. Well, what about uh, Ant-Man, this year? Uh, yeah, we have four movies also. If You have four Spider-Man, movies in five months. Yeah. But Spider-Man is a Sony production still, so it's a little different, I think. Nah, no, it's not. And and these movies have been in the can besides Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean that's done. that's true, but I mean you you can it's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot yeah. to take in here. Uh, then we go to 2023. We have Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, brother, which is one one I'm really looking forward to. And then we finally got a date, finally, but Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three will be May 5th of 2023 and that will have James Gunn uh, filming for the movie filming for the Epcot Guardians ride and filming the holiday special all at the same time he will be certainly done with Marvel after that I think for some time and at the very end we got a Fantastic Four logo which we've seen before but no date or anything so that makes me at least think that Fantastic Four is the end event of, of phase four similar to the Avengers being the end event of phase one. And they don't even, they don't, and they don't even put fantastic four's name down. They just put the logo and it's like, yeah, that's all. That's all it needs. The casual fans not going to have any idea. I mean, they'll, I think when the movie gets further along, they'll, they'll have the name there, but this is for the fans. This is for the fanboys. There are some internet memes though, of people throw the shield up to the four because it would be captain America four also oh god stop it i mean it is coming out but i mean come on we don't we don't need to mem this up so that's my thought is fantastic four will be the end event and uh 
Well, I don't. I'm, I don't I'm even a... know who's going to be the overarching villain. It would. I would think would be Doctor Doom. There's speculation of Norman Osborn, as you and I have discussed. There's speculation, as I have alluded to, that Julie Louis Dreyfus's character from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be building a team. It could be all of these things. I mean, who, who's a mega uh, bad guy like like Thanos that they built three phases on to finally finish? Maybe they won't do that same thing. I mean, with the with the Fantastic Four back in the fold, you have a lot of major villains. You already have one that's in the pipeline in Quantumania. You have Kang. And the rumor is that uh, he is going to be teased or might even appear in uh loki at some point yes uh so you have him you could have doom um fantastic four you know you could have galactus sometime down the road he's uh you know he's not really a bad guy per se but he is a huge threat you can have a uh, de-annihilation wave that would be a nice Avengers like uh, epic to put all the heroes together through. Yeah, they could build to the Secret Wars, which is a lot of what a lot of people kind of somewhat expected. Also, uh, yeah, they can. You mean more like the newer Secret Wars, not like going to right. another planet? Secret Wars. No, with the with the colliding of different universes and multiverses, and the, the newer Secret Wars too. It doesn't yeah. have to even follow directly because what what of what of these stories has really Civil War didn't follow the story. Age of no, Ultron none, certainly didn't either. So no, none of them do. But there, you know, there's a potential there for quite a number of uh, major bad guys to uh, to appear. And like you said, you have Julia Louis Dreyfus. You know, it would appear that she's building a. Uh, either the Thunderbolts or Dark Avengers or some sort of anti-hero Avengers. Um, And how uh, Kevin, uh, Big Kev, as I like to call him, he has alluded to that not all the movies might intersect with each other. So I could kind of see the more grounded in reality heroes like uh, New Captain America and Bucky and a few others dealing with the Julia Louis-Dreyfus section of the MCU. and So separately of Spider-Man and Doctor Strange and those characters. Yeah, and I could see, you know, Doctor Strange dealing with, you know, multiverse stuff. Not necessarily Tobey Maguire. Um, (laughs) I think you're still going to be wrong and we're going to be on record on video, on on audio uh, account here for it. And you'll have like, like Miss, like Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, Photon, Proton, whatever her, whatever her name is, um, dealing with like the galactic stuff with like the Fantastic Four. And I, I would know. think the that uh, Marvels will either lead into Secret Invasion or the lead in will be from Secret Invasion to Marvels. Right, because that show was announced, didn't it wasn't given a date there, but they're casting it already. So that makes me think that they're going to shoot that sooner than the, I don't think that they've even started shooting Marvels. Right? 
Uh, no, they haven't. They just they started Miss Marvel. I don't think that they finished it because they just leaked some pictures right. out. So, but I think Secret Invasion potentially will probably lead into it. Maybe there, maybe there'll be a bigger fallout that they need the bigger heroes to come into, and Nick Fury and uh, Talos can't handle it. Who knows? Well, or they have a falling out themselves. Well, I mean, after Talos like messed up with the whole Mysterio shit, I mean, right? That, that guy, he's no good. Go, go back to the Death Star. <laughs> Can't you see we're at the precipice of greatness here? Oh, that's a fancy word, Agatha. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, what, what are you looking forward to most of these? I'm looking at a list on the screen, so, but I'm sure you remember off the top of your head which of these. Are you looking forward to the most? I've been in such a dry spell. I'm looking for anything, but you know what? Is, you know what's going to happen? Like, it's kind of weird. I feel like this phase it's going to be very. I don't want to say hit and miss, but it's. I feel like they're making an approach where like some of these movies are going to be, you know, not must see. Like I felt like every MCU movie was like must see, and I feel like this is like. You know, you know, maybe I don't have to see Shang Chi, or maybe I don't have to see Eternals. You know, I mean, I'm going to, but like, I kind of feel like some of the properties that they're getting involved they're are a tougher sell. Are yeah, exactly. They're they're a tougher sell to get through. Uh, I am looking forward to probably Quantum Mania just to see what the hell they're going to do, and and probably Doctor that's Strange because right. I kind of feel like that's like that's like the next level that Marvel wants to go to. And I feel like they have potential to do some things that the audience is probably not prepared for. And you know, what's funny is I, I realize that guardians is James Gunn and all three movies are James Gunn, but he did get fired and rehired. But outside of that, Ant-Man and Wasp is the only trilogy of Marvel made trilogy. Marvel studios created that is directed by the same director you wouldn't expect it from ant-man i feel like well i mean the first ant-man had a ton of back history right with, Ed- with edgar wright yeah with edgar wright was supposed to direct it so and spider I mean, and spider-man is the same director but it is a sony sony technically a sony property yeah but i kind of feel like some of these marvel directors at least in the in the beginning maybe with the exception of uh happy hogan there I, I feel like they probably all had like clashes and you know like kenneth Branagh is like i don't want to say he's a huge director but you know he's he's got a lot of movies under his belt so if you get a you know like a visionary that you know he's looking to tie in a bunch of properties together yeah and it doesn't fit with your filmmaking you're not going to want to stick around for it no i think that's I've, kind I've, of I, I did f- feel that way a little bit in the past. I was actually having this discussion funny with, with Julie yesterday. And I, I it seems like maybe they, they've given uh, their creators a little bit more freedom now because you don't really hear it as much anymore. The director of Doctor Strange did leave for creative yeah. differences, which is the usual thing you hear on pretty much any property when someone leaves. But then they filled in with Sam Raimi, who notoriously had issues with Sony with their their style so why would he decide to come in unless he felt like he can 
do right by the property and he wasn't going to get told what to do too much. Yeah. And I kind of feel like Marvel's been, you know, they were getting their feet wet at first with the directors. And then when they find somebody that they like, like look at the Russo brothers, I didn't think that they could pull off, you know, right. Civil War. And they, they pulled they, off he be, four movies. <laughs> they basically were molded through the Captain America movies, right? I mean, and and they just showed how good, how, how well they did to, to give them those Avenger movies was a real gamble. And it yeah. paid off and, <laughs> tenfold. And, and people were like, oh, you know, the, people talking up Joss Whedon before, obviously, now that he's uh, he's being canceled. But they were talking him up so much, and it was like, you know, who were these guys that, you know, they directed, like, you know, TV shows, and they had no yeah. really major... The rest of development, yeah. community. <laughs> so, so I was, you know, like, skeptical. I mean, while they cranked out probably the, the best of the Avenger movies and the best of the you know, Captain America movies easily. It's like those, are like some of like the best Marvel movies by those two guys. So who knows? And look what they handled with all the characters they had to integrate into those movies. I mean, they didn't write the scripts for the movies, but they still had to handle the cut and where every everything went, basically. Yeah, it's not easy. And you're juggling what, like, like 20, 30 characters <laughs> with, with big name actors and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's a yeah. testament to what they did with those movies. And who knows, but Raimi, Raimi might stick around if, you know, him and Marvel mesh. I would be excited to see him do something else. I think that movie that that's the movie. And I think I've mentioned it on this show that I'm probably most looking forward to in the immediate, in the immediate future. I'm eager. I, I'm a big Ant-Man fan. So I'm, I'm excited to get three movies of a, of a character that nobody thought could ever carry a movie in the first place and how well Paul Rudd has done playing the role of Scott Lang. I think it's been the casting was great. They, it's something Marvel does right with everything, right? The casting is always so key. Michael Douglas has Hank Pym, like all these characters now are your thoughts of them. So if you see them portrayed in a comic, in a cartoon, you're, you're visualizing the MCU version, right? Yeah, and they like they do such a good job that I mean, I haven't watched any newer Marvel animation, but you know, you and I used to watch the Avengers uh, cartoon from like a few years back, and yeah. that guy kind of imitates Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, like the voice. oh, hundred percent, hundred percent, he does. You know, yeah, that's uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, the Avengers, yeah. which is on Disney Plus. It's great. It's only two seasons, but it, it's got some great storylines and content to it uh i mean that that arc like you said that these are some of these are probably like shang chi's not going to intersect with dr strange i would be surprised if he did so like the arc yeah. of wandavision spider-man dr strange is probably what interests me the most i mean i'm a huge spider-man fan also but i'm excited for this whole phase i agree with you with the shang chi and eternals i don't really know anything about them Obviously, I'll still check them out, but they're big gambles. They're really big gambles, especially coming off COVID. That those are your big ones after Black Widow. It's it. It could be rough. Yeah, and they're really only. I mean, obviously, Marvel has faith in the two properties, but I mean, they're really you know, Shang Chi. There's there's no. I mean, I'm not familiar with even any of the people that are in the movie so i'm really just taking a leap of faith because it's a marvel movie 
Eternals, you know, has a pretty stacked. Eternals cast. has some big names, right? But yeah, you know, Shang Shang Chi, I think, is they're basing that off their Chinese tickets and their Chinese receipts. They're, they'll be getting in from that yeah. movie, I'm sure. And I kind of get uh, like a vibe from the from the trailer. You know, it's going to be kind of like uh, the like the like the the one scene where they're kind of like I don't know if they're fighting or sparring in like a in like a forest. It kind of reminds me of like like hero and you know crouching tiger like that kind of thing so i don't know if yeah. that's that's what they're like trying to siphon off of it um but like eternals it depends how they're going to market it you got a bunch of a-list and maybe b-list actors and i mean they're supposed to all be gods and they've just there's been no no talk of them ever in any of the marvel movies with the exception of Thanos, who in the comic is from that lineage, but in the movies they don't really allude to it. So I'm curious if they're gonna if they're gonna play up that relation or they're just gonna, you know, well, go a different that direction. film is directed by someone that just won an Oscar for best director. So that's yeah. a good strike for Marvel, right? <laughs> right out of the gate, they got a a, a director that won best director at the oscars which really doesn't mean anything but it is an iconic uh award to win and for that person to be directing a marvel movie is uh pretty good yeah. for- and maybe that's why she took a dig at uh brad pitt because angelina jolie's in eternals i didn't i didn't see her her acceptance speech she she made a crack that he was like a producer and he never once came to see the film being made. <laughs> oh, that's 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 what you do when you after you win your, your Oscar. So yeah, I think that's uh, that's it for that. So we didn't really talk a whole lot about the reel itself. Like I said, the Eternals clip was very short. The Stan Lee stuff was was great. It was it was heartwarming. The clip they show of the theater uh, reaction from Endgame. Yeah. Still, still gives me goosebumps because it gives me the same feeling when I was in the theater and I got chills when they all came out of the portals. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how this all goes. And next month we have Loki, as we've discussed before. They did announce this past week that Loki will not be on Fridays as all these other Marvel and Star Wars shows have been, but it will be on Wednesdays. So it's going to debut a couple days early. They, they must be anticipating people not being around on Friday nights. Not that it really makes a difference for streaming, but right. I guess they want. Right. I, like, I, I, I haven't they, thought about that, but that's true. Maybe they need, maybe there's something in the metrics that they push that, you know, once it goes live, you know, they're like, oh, X amount of people watched it on release. Maybe that's why yeah. they wanted to move it well, around. It, it could just be an experiment to see if more people watch it on one day over another. Just to that see if Marvel, if Wednesday's numbers do better, because the fans are going to watch it regardless of which day it's on. So it's really getting the people that aren't the hardcore fans and seeing if Fridays do better than than Wednesdays, right? Or yeah, or maybe they have so many TV shows in the pipeline that maybe they're toying with the idea of doing simultaneous release and doing right two shows a week. They, they could have What If be on Fridays and yeah. and Loki still be in uh, on Wednesdays. Yeah, but that's that's really it for that. Uh, we had a note on here. Some of these notes are from Benny uh, when he we, we, he was thought to have 
do the show, but Doctor Strange was originally planned for WandaVision. I don't believe they shot the scene, but apparently he was going to, he was the one responsible for the commercials. I don't know if you saw this article. Yeah, I read about it. I mean, they asked Cumberbatch and he said that he was, I don't know if he said he was not approached or he just like denied filming anything. That seems like the common thing for everyone to do. And that was before they even said that that they cut him out of the script. So, I mean, that might be, might be some credence to him saying that then from the get-go, but it is interesting because I mean, the, the commercials don't make any sense really. Yeah. It's like a plot hole. It's like a, you know, it's like a plot hole. Like they're there and like you kind of, well, it leaves too much they, for the audience to piece together. I feel like when they, in, when they, when they reconnect in the movie, he could mention it. I was sending you signals or something. And then that, that kind of ties back to it. Yeah, that could be. But I feel like, you know, you're watching a TV show and then the payoffs in like a movie, you know, it's just, you know, it doesn't make sense. Right. I agree to an extent because, but some TV shows don't, things don't pan out as we've discussed before until multiple seasons down the road. That's true. If this is not a continuation of multiple seasons, or maybe it will be because who knows when we'll see vision again, if they're going to expand on, the new vision. That's true. But I think that's it. You have anything else to add with the news? Mm. I'm sure we're missing some things from the last show that we did, but we generally focus on Marvel and the MCU, and I don't think there was anything else major that's that's happened. Um, what's his name? Uh, Garfield is denying that he's in. Yes, Spider-Man. I was going to add that in when about with you saying Cumberbatch, but. Uh, I don't think that doesn't matter. Does that really matter that he's saying that now? And then he then he came back and said, never say never after he said he, he's definitely he's, not in it. He's muddying the waters. I don't remember if you and Benny spoke about this last week. If you did, just tell me to shut up. But apparently the end scene in Falcon and Winter Soldier when Sharon Carter's on the phone. I don't even know if we spoke about this off. You, offline. you and I spoke about this. Me and Benny did not. So go ahead. Feel free. So people complain about how the Sharon Carter mid credit scene is very lackluster. The rumor in innuendo on the MCU uh, dirt sheets is she was on the phone with, uh, it was going to be revealed as Norman Osborn, William Defoe, as the guy on the other line. And allegedly they shot something and Marvel cut it because there's been too many Spider-Man leaks that they wanted to save a surprise. So they cut it out of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. So her on the phone, just it's kind of like, well, who's she on the phone with? And, you know, that was supposed to be a bigger reveal. But who knows if that's true or not? Right. That, uh, and I voiced my opinion on the spoiler mania episode that 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 post credits was not necessary at all. It was very lackluster. Having someone else in the scene that was a surprise would have been beneficial to the scene because you just assume that she's going to get our pardon and she's back in power still because she's still alive. So, like, do we need the scene unless they tied together that phone call down the yeah. road? 
They uh, I mean, I, I agree. So much has been leaked from Spider-Man. Uh, people were disappointed that the sizzle reel didn't have any clips from Spider-Man, but I don't think Sony would allow them to, to be the first one to debut any of their stuff for the, Apparently, the relationship is getting much better than it was the Sony and the Sony and Marvel. But why would Sony still allow them to be the first one to debut any footage? I mean, that could have been Marvel's call if they're if they're worried that there's too much, you know, stuff leaking out of the movie. Maybe they want to be tight lipped about it and not give any any details away. I think it could just add to the mystique of the movie. You know, you have you know, Jamie Foxx coming out and saying that he's Electro and, you know, I'm not going to be blue in this movie. And you have Alfred Molina kind of just coming out and saying, yeah, I'm Doc Ock from the other movie. And it's from right when I get, you know, like drown in the water from Spider-Man 2. And I just, I show up in this, you know, if, the, if it's true, Marvel's definitely not pleased that all this information's getting out. And now the press is, you know, hounding Garfield. And I'm sure that as soon as they get a chance to get McGuire in their crosshairs, they will. My thought, my thoughts are that these, these, these people that have been leaked are minor, minor points to the movie and that they're probably not in the movie for very much of it. So maybe they're in the dimension hopping stuff, or maybe they're just in the end, very end of the movie. I don't think they're going to be the focal points of the movie. Yeah, I mean, you you and I have had this argument, and I think that the multiverse concept is not what the fans are going to expect. And that's why I was very skeptical of them having Maguire and Garfield in it and all these guys from the like older Spider-Man movies because I don't really see a benefit for Marvel to have them in there. But it's obviously... It's fan service. It is, but they're... Like, in my opinion is, you know, there's like Marvel's not done anything wrong to have to, you know, do something like that. Whatever this relationship is with Sony, there's got to be some sort of X factor in it that they're getting better. Maybe Marvel wants to lock down the Spider-Man rights for the MCU for more, more films. Maybe it's a longer play. Maybe, maybe Disney's looking to buy the rights back on the sly and Maybe that's like a, a part of it that you know they got to wrangle in some box office for Sony to make it worth their while to to sell it. Who who knows? But I mean, we'll find out. We'll find out next year. Well, Not time, next year. This year. This year. December. Time will tell, and uh, I'm sure we'll do be due for a trailer. I would say probably within the next two months. Ballpark. If we're starting to see some Eternal stuff now and comes out the month after Returnal, so I would assume maybe June, July, maybe for Black Widow, we'll get maybe. it. We'll get something. That would that would be a big. Uh, I could see them doing an Eternals trailer for Black Widow, and then is there any? They have anything coming out? Like not Marvel, but like Disney in general. Anything big over the summer, or that's it? They're like done. I don't think so. I don't. I think Jungle Cruise got delayed, right? And was it was it supposed to be this year? I, you know, twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. It was just such a blur now. Like, what Jungle Cruise was it supposed to come out last July? I don't even remember now anymore if it was supposed to be last July, this July. But I, they don't I have don't a know. huge slate. I mean, they have that Pixar movie that's coming out straight to Disney Plus in June, and it seems it's ruffled feathers inside Pixar. Luca, right? That's the name yeah. of it. And unless Sony, unless Sony has come out, unless Sony has something 
coming out in the summer that maybe they want to. Well, they have attach. Venom, right? The second Venom movie, I think, comes out this summer. I, I feel like that's like not even talked about. Yeah, they haven't even shown a trailer for it. So who 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 knows when they would, would drop the <laughs> Spider-Man trailer if there's nothing to attach it to. Oh, I'm sure Marvel has somewhat of a say, like you said, in what's being you know yeah. shown. But let's move on to my pick of the week, which is uh, something that I know you have seen before. But I don't think Benny has, so we'll see if he listens to the show and he wants to jump on it. Benny's pr- Benny's previous pick, and we may be moving away from forcing the co-host to watch the, the movie. Uh, his previous pick was Bloody Hell. It's not available on any streaming service uh, to, to watch on a subscription platform, and it's not available on movies anywhere to be shared between people. So I'd have to buy it. And based on what I read about it, I was not interested in buying another movie from his picks because I did buy uh, Psycho Goreman. Yeah. So I will watch the movie once it goes on a service to watch it. But we might be moving away from the forcing the co-host. All of my picks have been things that well, are on should, services. He should, he should buy it for you. And He did offer. He did, he did offer, and I, I didn't think. want to force him to buy a movie for me that I may not even ever watch a second time. You're right. Wait for like there to be an expensive movie that he has to buy for you to watch. <laughs> so all I'm just saying, you know, all of my films have been on a streaming service or on Movies Anywhere, so I can share it with the co-host. And this movie, uh, I don't know if it's actually on one because I didn't check beforehand, so I'd be a real hypocrite if not. But it is a 1987 film from popular director Brian De Palmer. Joe has got the puzzled look. He's still thinking. It stars Sean Connery, Bob De Niro, Andy Garcia. Oh. And Kevin Costner. I had to think I'm not for a, a big minute. Kevin Costner fan. I went backwards through the casting, so I wouldn't give it away right away. But it is The Untouchables, which is based on a true story of Elliot Ness. And it's not available up, on movies anywhere, by the way. Uh, yeah, because it's a Paramount Pictures movie, right? I just thought about that. It may be on Paramount Plus, which is a streaming service. And uh, it's about Elliot Ness taking down Al Capone. It's one of my favorites. Got a great score. It's a great action great. drama great laser disc I, I do own the laser disc which was gifted to me by a good friend many years ago yeah circuit from circuit city, city. exactly <laughs> but joe you i know you've seen the untouchables before is this a is this a good pick or what we can both reinforce it maybe benny will watch it the untouchables is a really well done movie it is not historically accurate, except for Al Capone going to jail. Um, but that aside, it's, I don't want to say it's stylized, but it's its a really good gangster movie, I think. And it doesn't really come off like, um, like a typical gangster movie, like say, you know, Godfather or Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Right. You know. It's a gangster film from the other side, from the other side of it, from the law. Yeah, from from like law enforcement, and you know the, it's it's you know Costner plays Ness. He puts together a team of guys. 
and he's trying to go after Capone and, you know, Chicago's very corrupt. It's during Prohibition. Capone kind of controls Chicago, you know, through his illegal, you know, bootlegging with the liquor and everything. And, you know, um, Connery plays like a very salty Irish cop who just thinks that Ness is wasting his time and he finally gets one over and he kind of teaches him that you're not going to catch this guy by the book. And, you know, he, they kind of, you know, go back and forth. He kind of wins Connery over that, you know, Capone could be gotten and Connery wins him over that, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to nail this guy, you know, doing things the right way. And De Niro plays his short little part of Capone Right. And it just he really eats he eats up the he eats up the screen the little that he's in the movie he's not in the movie all that much uh, I don't not a huge Kevin Costner fan I do like his performance here Sean Connery is great in it Andy Garcia is really just starting out as an actor but I think I really it's one of my favorite movies like I said the score is uh, uh, Ennio Maricone right yes and uh, as previously mentioned on the uh, 80s sci-fi he did the, the score for the thing with john carpenter which i really enjoy also he's he did that score i didn't know that yeah interesting with john carpenter because he was originally slated this is off the beaten path now but he was originally slated he was hired to do the score for the thing yeah. and and end up happening was john carpenter started doing his own scoring while they yeah. was shooting the movie and he used most of his stuff so the release of the score is Mari Cohen's score. Yeah. But most of those are not used in the movie. The main overarching theme is used in the in the movie with a John Carpenter spin to it. But back to the untouchables. We'll see if Benny will watch it. It doesn't really fall in his wheelhouse of type of movies, but I know it's a movie that we both really like. So that's it's... it. The Untouchables. It is not on any streaming services, so I am definitely a hypocrite. It's on uh Showtime. So if you have Showtime on cable, you do Ooh, have no. access to it. But <laughs> I believe you can get it through disc to digital on Vudu if you know the way of that. You have to go. You have to call the power broker, and she'll tell you how to get to it. Well, what you do is you go on cheap charts and you buy it on iTunes when it's on sale for five dollars, like I did. Yes. You don't. You don't spend whatever Paramount's asking for. They're like Looney Tunes with their prices sometimes. So let's go on to the what we're watching for the week. I'll let you start us off, Joe. All right, let me scroll down here because I don't remember. Uh, you want to you want to save uh you want to save the monsters for last? Sure. All right. Uh, been trying to catch up with this latest Bob's Burger season. I don't know what it is, but like I put it on and it's like I feel like a zombie. Like I'm not even watching it. I've like started it twice. I remember parts of like the second and third episode and I remember the first one like in full. I don't know what it is this season. Have you watched it at all or no? That's what I was just going to say. I have not watched any episodes from this season and I didn't even finish last season and I love the show. There's no reason like I just I don't know. Like maybe, like, maybe like you said you're, maybe I'm just bored of it. I don't know. I mean the first episode it's like he's like looking for a safe key Bob and he throws his back out and he starts like it's like one of those episodes where he hallucinates he starts talking to all the shit that's under the car seat that though well, that 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 intrigues me right away so that make me <laughs> might make me want to go watch it now and then there's 
hallucinating Bob is one of my favorite Bobs. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's why that one. That's why that episode kind of stuck with me. He's like talking to all the the shit that he's got under his car, and it's just like <laughs> with the, like the same voice as him, like with the yeah. pitched voice. And oh hi! Like he talks to the turkey. Yeah. <laughs> or the Keanu Reeves, the little Keanu Reeves thing he's, he made, the model. He, he's got like a ball of like rubber bands, and it's like, oh, hi, Bob. We missed you. <laughs> and see, then, now, now you're going to, that's your pick for the week. I'm going to have to go watch it now. And then there's uh, there's one episode where Gene, he get, I forgot what he comes down with, some sort of stomach bug, and he just starts acting like a dog on the floor. And they're like, it's you're you're selling me on it, and you're saying you you're not really enjoying it. And then that's it. Or you're just like not a, in the mind space. Maybe I'm not. There's like there's a Halloween episode, and I remember bits and pieces of it. I've one day I'll clear my head and I'll try to like get through it. But it's like, like I sat down to like look through the episodes before the show, and I'm like, oh my god, this is like full 23 episodes. I'm not like accustomed to watching this much programming like right. yeah because you haven't watched any of it since the, it started in the fall right i mean yeah like i tried this i tried to start to catch up with it around christmas and i got through like the first four or five episodes and then i went back and i'm like i don't even remember them and then i started like re-binging them from like the beginning of the season so i'm gonna probably have to start around uh maybe episode four and try to like catch up but I don't, I don't know what it is. It might not, it might just, oh, maybe it's, maybe it's time to, you know, let it go. It's like the 11th season already. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Keep going. We, we, we roll through each other's. So you right. roll through the next. This next one is, this is a, this is my wife's pick. I just have to have the pleasure of sitting through it. It's called it's pleasure called, being sarcastic or it's called Schitzel. It is yeah. It is a show that's produced in Israel. Oh boy. It's in Hebrew. Oh get it. It's so you, about, you put it on before you go to sleep. Yeah. It's about um a Hasidic Jewish family. The father is a rabbi and he tries to get his son into it and the son like doesn't really want to be bothered with it he's trying to find a wife he ends up becoming a painter so it's not my cup of tea you don't you don't have to, you don't have to go all into it it's not no. recommended i guess but what's interesting <laughs> is the show was shot like years ago and Netflix had the first two seasons. It was like so popular on Netflix that the production company made a third season like this past year, like right before the pandemic. Or like, no, it's probably like before the pandemic because they didn't film it during it. And they released it because of how popular it was on Netflix, which to me is like very baffling. Like this show came out in like 2014 and it's like it caught like- oh, Wow, settled. It caught like so much attention on netflix that they yeah. they created another season for it <laughs> it's like arrested development but with jews yes well the one of the, the actresses in it she's in this other 
document. It's not a documentary. It's like a mini series that was on Netflix called Unorthodox, which blew up in popularity during the pandemic. So that but not was on probably the Sabbath. No, no, and they're like, they are like all into like they got the thing on the door. I don't know the name of it. I'm sorry. They have the this sheet. Is... They have the sheet with the hole in it. <laughs> you have to watch one of the seasons and find out. I'll stick with Kirby enthusiasm. I think that gives me enough of what I'm looking for. Yeah, it's re- it's really out there. And then you got to read the subtitles, and it's like, it's crazy. It's I if you're looking pass. Yeah, if you if you're if you're looking for curiosity's sake, go for it. But yeah, no, nah, it's not. No, sorry. No, so I see that's a Netflix, and you got another Netflix here. This one, I don't know if you that I'm looking forward to. I'm not looking forward to it. It's been on my list and I've never watched it, but I was looking forward to it. I've just never put it on. Yeah. This is actually an old Joe pick beginning of the pandemic. And I kind of revisited it not too long ago. Dolomite, which is, uh, I'm going to go out on one and say the most superior Eddie Murphy movie that has come out in the past couple of years, not coming to America too. Um, Murphy, please. I don't think that's. I don't think that's such a bold statement. Mm, definitely not. So Murphy plays uh, Rudy Ray Moore, who is an actor who creates the character of Dolomite, and it's kind of the story of how this guy Moore kind of creates the character and kind of finances the first Dolomite movie. And Dolomite is like a black exploitation movie from the seventies. I've only seen clips of it in a completely different movie. So and from the few clips of it, it's like, it's like ridiculous. He like, he does Kung Fu in the movie and stuff like that. And oddly enough, the only three or four clips of the Dolomite movie, like the real, not the Netflix Eddie Murphy movie, but of the actual Dolomite movie that I've seen, they actually have in this movie. And it's like, scene for scene how they like reenact him doing it uh murphy gives like i would say one of his better performances in probably recent years i would almost say it's almost vintage murphy and he kind of captures rudy ray moore like his his swagger his you know the way he speaks and like carries himself and it was like interesting to see like how he he kind of pulls this movie together with like like next to no money he like ends up like renting out like an abandoned building and turns it into like a film studio. It, it was, it was crazy. And like I said, this is one of the better Eddie Murphy movies I've seen in a long time. I would like, say, it gets the, it gets the Joe recommendation. I would recommend this. If you, if you like Eddie Murphy from like the eighties, this is probably the closest you're going to get to it. This is not fucking Norbit Eddie Murphy or, uh, you know, one of these atrocious movies, Doctor Doolittle. No, this is like, <laughs> this is this is Eddie Murphy's A game in this movie. Joe recommends Dolomite. Joe, doctor recommends, not a doctor. And then I see you watch the Snyder Cut. Yeah, long story short, I liked it. If you're not, we did a pretty uh, in depth on the Snyder Cut already, so you you yeah. enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, but like. Unless you're a hardcore fan, you're gonna 
stuff's going to go over your head. I'd be curious to see, you know, if w, if Warner Brothers gave him money to make a sequel, I'd be interested in seeing it. And this is coming from a person who's like, doesn't hang his hat on Zack Snyder's work at all. Right. I think that's the general consensus, even for people that aren't really fans of him, just after this version, I mean, make it a mini series or make it, you know, a, a limited edition, limited run show or something, you know, like, like Watchmen, which I know you haven't watched either, but I, tr- I, tr- just... I watched the first episode. I, I, I couldn't get into it. I think you got to give it at least three, probably three episodes to really get you vested. Not but like that's a great season, one like, uh, like other no. people say. All right. Or, or three seasons of a show. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so let's let me rattle off a couple of things. And this list, unfortunately, was mostly based again. It doesn't matter. It's what I was watching, but it's mostly based on me and Benny talking horror. And uh, besides the dictator, did you ever see the dictator? So uh, that's, that's, Sacha a, Baron that's, Cohen? that's a horror movie. No, that's not. I heard, a horror I, heard movie. It, I heard it was not good. So maybe it maybe it was a different type of horror. So you didn't see it. I've seen parts of it. It was I've not. not I've, never seen, I've never seen the whole thing through. No. I've not heard anything super great about it, but I kind of yeah, feel like. Go ahead. It's just like it tries to be like Borat, but with all actors in it. Yeah. So the comedy is not anywhere near as funny because you don't think that the he's around real people doing these these exploits. And yeah, it has that's... a decent cast to it. It has Ben Kingsley in there. John C. Riley's in there for a scene. Anna Faris is in there. She's like the love interest, but it's just really not good. I think that's, I don't want to say it's a problem with the, with Cohen, but like he does great humor when, you know, he's pretending like he's interviewing people. Yeah. Like, like Borat and Ali G and Bruno but now those those characters are so blown up. He can't, you know, he can't really do that comedy anymore. Borat too, right. you know. I'm surprised he even, you know, he managed to do that. But you know, like this, this looked like he was trying to do something along the same vein as Borat, like a fish out of water person that right. you know says stuff to like really, you know, push people's buttons or stoke fear into them. And it's just you, you, you can't. The humor that you try to do with that against other actors, it just doesn't. It just yeah, doesn't, it doesn't play as yeah. It, it, it really well, well. I had it on in the background. It's still really. I, I wouldn't. It's not something I would recommend or even watch again, probably. And then I we watched. I don't know if you know of these. We uh, Benny did mention uh, one of these. It's a documentary called "In the Search of Darkness." It was a like a kickstarted documentary. Okay. Uh, about horror movies in the 80s yeah I, re- so, I remember yeah go ahead so it blew up it got very i don't know what it made as far as kickstarter indiegogo whatever but then shutter the service that benny talks about all the time on the show should be a sponsor of the show for the amount that we talk about it it is not a sponsor we're not a, <laughs> endorsing the service but it is a good service if you like horror so they have it on there. The first part is over four hours long. It runs through each decade, each uh, year of the decade of the 80s. The second part is also over four hours long, and it does the same thing with movies it did not touch on in the first part. 
so there is a bunch of stuff on there. So at some points during the second one, I thought it was a it was a stretch. Some of these movies that they had in there, and it did seem like a glorified uh, them them showing a movie because it's on Shutter. I don't know how tied in Shutter was to the second uh, part, mm. but they are they have announced they're going to make a third one. So a third part for the '80s after the second one was already a stretch is kind of tough, but they're really good watches. If you like horror and you don't have to watch them all in a sitting because it's doing year by year. So yeah. you can stop. Oh, I'm going to stop at 83 and then pick right back up or I'll stop at 85. You know, it's all broken down, but there was some movies in there in the first part that I ended up watching when I was working from home. So uh, all three of these I've never seen before. That's the big thing with the what we're watching segment is stuff that we've never watched before. So I watched a movie called uh, Sleepaway Camp, which is on there. Never seen that before. It was okay. I'm surprised you've never heard kid. of it. I've heard of it, okay. but I've never seen it. So it's ki- kids at a at a summer camp, and someone is getting someone is killing the kids and the counselors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you if you have to figure it out, there's a twist ending to it. Um, eh, it was all right. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, not one of these more recent ones that they've done. Yeah. This was really good, in my opinion. Not what I was expecting. It's not super straight, like doesn't play itself. It's kind of goofy. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it to be as goofy as it was. Uh, doesn't take itself super serious. I mean, there's a scene where, where Leatherface has the chainsaw blade near a woman's crotch. Like he's going <laughs> to pound her with with the chainsaw and then this last one is a real b movie it's called chopping mall it has it's filmed in in a in a mall like after hours according Mm -hmm. to the documentary because the mall was an active mall and it has robots patrolling the mall and they basically start killing the people that are still in the mall at night oh it's like stop and shop (laughs) yeah so these robots look like they're on wheels they 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 look it's like a mixture of like short circuit with like robocop with like dawn of the dead because the people are in the mall it's just a it's like 75 minutes long it's not even a long movie it's it's a super short low budget movie it was a fun it's a fun watch i think though it's not something you're gonna be like oh the story was amazing it's an 80s b movie borderline grindhouse probably right that's like who came up with this? We're going to make this movie and it's robots in a mall at night and it's killing people. All yeah. right, here. Here's millions of dollars. Make it. <laughs> no, it's it's definitely not the biggest budget of any of these. But uh, so these documentaries are really well done. The second one has more actors than the first one. Me and Benny were going to discuss these these documentaries as our like end segment. So we may save that for another time. But one of my favorites, Robert England, who was Freddy Krueger, is actively involved in the second one. He was not in the first one. So that that really got got me bought in on the second one. But where you might be interested as someone that doesn't like horror at all is yeah. these the people who produced these and created these are now making In the Search of Tomorrow, which will be 80s sci-fi. I've seen ads for it on Instagram yes. and Facebook. But so they I are funding like currently. I feel like, not to derail this, but isn't there like another Kickstarter of a similar 80s sci-fi 
that they did like a couple of years ago. I feel like this is, I kind of almost feel like this is the same, either the same people or it's the same one and they're looking for more money. I, we'll talk offline I don't about know. that. Yeah, I, the way it's formatted, it makes me feel that it would be perfect for that. And based off me and Benny doing our last episode as 80 sci-fi, yeah. like, I can't wait to see. I, I'm intrigued to see it. Like, if they get all the right people, you know, if they have, like, Christopher Lloyd for Back to the Future or, yeah, you know, I'm sure Michael J. Fox wouldn't do it, but yeah. you know, like Leah Thompson or something. Like, they get all the people in these movies in the horror one. So if these people are alive still, they're in these documentary so which make me would make me think for this they'll have those people also and i think they announced they had peter weller for robocop already robocop yeah he's he's in the clip that i've seen in the ad i mean the 80s has a ton of material to pull from for both genres which is why you know they were in search of darkness is going into what like a third like a third episode and i'm sure the 80s is going to be just as packed because there's a ton of stuff from blockbuster sci-fi movies to like B and like I'm sure if they go far enough they'll go into like C type of sci-fi movies so I mean I've seen the ads for it I, I, it did pique my interest I was just confused because I could have sworn like a couple of years ago there was a there was like a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo there, for sub, sci-fi there is some, thing there is, uh, it comes up recommended when I think I looked it up somewhere there is an action one and it's on Amazon Prime. It has action movies. I'm not sure if it's just the 80s or not. It's not the same people. So I don't want to pitch it as the same idea. But there is an, uh, an action movie one. Like Finding the Great Action Star or something. And it has all the movies from like Schwarzenegger and Van Damme. And the bigger action stars from probably the 80s and 90s. Yeah. I know which one you're talking about. I don't remember the title though. I've, I've seen it pop up like here and there. But the sci-fi so one is definitely on the radar. Yeah, well, I you know when I after I watched these two and then I saw the the Benny actually told me about the the sci-fi one. I looked it up, but the the indie I think the guys are from the UK and the Indiegogo is in uh, British pounds, and it was like over twenty dollars for a digital version. And I'm like, it's going to be on a subscription service probably right when it comes out. So that's yeah, and it's already hit its goal. So I'm not being stingy. The movie's getting made either way. All these people, all these interviews already recorded this is like bonus money it seems like yeah they put your name in the like the production credits it's like right. it's, yeah. it's it's so let's let's go on our last bits here uh, oh, running probably a little long the uh, we both watched a couple things i don't have a whole lot to say about one probably a little bit more to say about the other one but kong versus godzilla start us off joe Ah, not surprised by the ending. I'll tell you that much. I mean, here's the thing. The Godzilla movies, like I used to watch them like as a kid. And I think they work better as a cheesy, like man in the suit kind of thing than a blockbuster movie, especially when you're going up against Kong, which is, you know, basically a giant real world animal against a science fiction monster that is, you know, created out of nuclear fallout. The movie's not great. I mean, it's not right. The Kong stuff is good. Um, like 
And he said, the human characters, you don't, you don't really care. I not, not, you know, you had like the conspiracy theorist guy, very, yeah. very typical. They, they were, they were so the human characters storylines, just not interesting to me at all. They were like, there was no point to them other than the gir- little girl, right. Yeah. That has a connection with Kong. Yeah. And the, the, the action scenes were really good. I thought the fighting scenes and I thought they were, they were, were like when well. they, when they're transporting Kong, I thought that part when yes. Godzilla shoots him out on the ship, that yeah. was good. I like the, like the in, interior earth stuff was kind of like trippy. I thought that was an interesting concept. And I do kind of like the, the, uh, the guy who runs that company. What the hell's the name of the company now? It's escaping me. And Axis or something like that. Yeah. Right? And are we yeah. going into spoiler territory here? Yeah. Well, this is usually where we discuss spoilers. So oh, I kind of like how he's kind of playing both sides. He's sending like the people to. Yeah. You know, that, that kind of made me like what I was questioning what was going on in the movie. I'm like, why are they even sending the ship? What are, what are they doing? Why are they going to the, the hollow earth? Like, what, what I, don't, I didn't even understand it until they said, oh, that this is the power source Yeah, that they were and, looking for. And I, I liked how they, you know, they incorporated Mechagodzilla into, into the movie. It's basically, they take, uh, what is it? They take Ghidra? Ghidra's head? King, or? King Ghidra, right? Yeah. They take they take Gidra's like brain wave and they kind of have him manipulate the mecha suit right. and it just the problem the problem with that is you didn't see King of All Monsters right no sir so the main bad guy in that finds that that the recently cut off head in the mid credits and then that guy isn't even in this movie <laughs> that's so stupid. it's like. <laughs> they i mean he's kind of like a, a a hired gun but he's the main bad guy of the other movie and he gets away and then he's not even mentioned in this but they carried over 11 because she's in both and her father's in both yeah but like i'm like that, you couldn't get is... this guy he's not even that big of an actor he was the he was the villain he was the father the lannister father in game of thrones he's the uh the bad guy from last action hero okay yeah that's that's just he's a he's a bit actor that's been in a ton of stuff. That's just stupid. They should have you know throw the guy in there for five minutes, just right. like in the Even background. You're gonna kill him off right away, or like you know, oh, I sold you the head for X amount of dollars or whatever, you know, like something. Yeah, I mean it's it's all right. I mean it, you, you're not going in there expecting Shakespeare. It's right. it's too it's I, too, it's two monsters fighting each other. I think I've just come to the conclusion that I'm not a monster movie kind of person where monster fighting. Um, it's not me. I mean, I loved Cloverfield. Cloverfield is still one of my favorite movies. Not, not like top 10, but like maybe top 25. Like it's, I, I, maybe it's just the way it was shot and the way it was a surprise and everything else that came with it. But it, that's a, that's a monster movie to me. You're not seeing yeah. From the, the monster's perspective at all. No, but like the the like Cloverfield done very differently. It's shot like uh you know 
I was gonna say found footage, but it's not really shot. Like, no, it is. He it's yeah, all it from is. like the point of view of the of the guy with the camera, and it's very mysterious. And you you like you don't see the monster really. You see like bits and pieces of it. It's very mysterious. Right. It plays more. I think you like it because it plays more like a horror movie than it does a monster movie. Absolutely. Whereas Kong and something. Got, it was something I w- we were working on. Our uh, next best of was going to be 2000s horror, which will be coming at some point. Mm. And that was one of the movies, actually. So spoiler, that was not on the list. It was an honorable mention. I'm like, but does this is this really horror? I was discussing I, with Julie. I'm like, is it horror, though? I think it falls more like into horror than it does monster. Because for me, monster movies is, you know, you have the people there and then you got the monsters and they're just beating the shit out of each other and they're just causing untold amounts of <laughs> damage. damage. <laughs> right. And that's that's what a monster <laughs> movie is. It's not everyone's right. cup of tea, but like I said, I feel at least Godzilla plays more as like better as like a guy in a suit. Like if you made a Godzilla TV show for like kids and it's like him in like a suit and he's just, you know, romping around the town, I think that would probably be more enjoyable than Kong versus like Godzilla. Power, like Power Rangers. Power Rangers was basically yeah, exactly. Suit, you know, Power Rangers, Ultram, Ultraman, Ultraman, whatever it's called. Yeah, I think Godzilla plays better like that. Like in the, you try to suspend disbelief with some movies, but I feel like with like a Godzilla movie, you have to suspend too much. Like, what would you do in real life if there was like a huge monster like that that could cause that kind of damage? Right. Military is going to spend a ton, the- <laughs> ton of money to try to kill it. That's the that's that's your movie right there. Yeah, and just think about all the people that are killed in the in the scenes where they're just battling in the these massive cities. Yeah, it's yeah. That's that's my thoughts about it. Yeah, so I wouldn't I wouldn't bother with these three. I mean, they're they're watchable. The Godzilla trilogy that's came out recently. I think the first one is probably the best one. Maybe I have to go rewatch it, but I would recommend Kong Skull Island over all three of the Godzilla movies. The acting is better. The story's better. Kong is more relatable. I mean, he's, he's decently relatable in this, but he's, he's more human. I still feel like in that. Yeah, that's definitely, I mean, like, I, like you mentioned, I didn't see the other two Godzilla movies. Um, but yeah, like the Kong movie, uh, Skull Island was definitely better than this, but that's the thing with Godzilla. Like, either his protagonist, either he's a protagonist. I'm sorry, the antagonist, and you know the humans have to put a stop to it, or you're gonna have to have monsters for him to fight. That's that's it. You you know well, the second one, the second one went overdose with the monsters. Yeah, so well. they they really couldn't. They really haven't found their their lane. Pick a lane, Michael. They haven't. They haven't found it yet wait till they make like him have a kid the next one like they did in the old japanese movies well i think i don't want to veer off too much because we're already running kind of long but i think i looked uh there was no post credit or or mid credit and i think the issue is that toho had had who controls the rights for godzilla had made this deal and now the deal was that they wouldn't produce any new godzilla movies while these were coming out in production Mm. and now i think they want to make a new godzilla so that would hinder this continuing as of right now 
So maybe they want to make a movie and then somewhere down the road, uh, whoever Warner Brothers will will make another one, I guess. Maybe they'll go back to like the Skull Island people and make a proper sequel to that. They could. I mean, that director, he's got a bunch of stuff lined up and he's supposed to make the Metal Gear Solid movie. And I don't know where that is, but that's been in kind of production hell forever. So who Mm. knows if that'll even end up happening. But then the last thing for the what we're watching and something we don't ever really talk about on this show, other than me doing bad uh, impersonations, is uh, a little pro wrestling. Dark Side of the Ring, season three, first episode debuted. It's about Brian Pillman. It was two hours, two episodes. And uh, this is a documentary series. If you haven't watched it on Vice, they do really well produced uh shit that happened that's not so good in the wrestling business and there's plenty of it that has occurred and they're already on season three and this is basically the rise and fall of brian pillman did you watch both episodes i watched the first one i had not watched the second one but we could go into spoiler territory because i already know that he's dead and uh right you know but like you said the this series is very well done and you know, you and I are both wrestling fans. I've fallen out of it much earlier than as, you have. As have I, right? <laughs> you you've been out of it for a while, but uh, I I've fallen out of it the past uh, I would say maybe two years. I I still watch on occasion the, the pay per view and stuff like that, but I can't watch weekly. The product has just not been good. Yeah, if you if you're a fan of '80s through Attitude Era wrestling you'll find something to like there's episodes of this show that I like that I don't even know any of the wrestling personalities in and the stories are so compelling that it's like Same. it's mind blowing right but you know the at least the first half of the Pillman episode he you know it goes through his childhood and his issues with his polyps which is crazy because probably now like the surgeries that he went through, they probably would have done that in one shot. They probably would have lasered all that shit out of his throat. Yeah. And, you know, and Pillman, how old would Pillman be now? Like in his fifties? Yeah. So it's not, you know, not that long ago when he was a kid. And he died at 35. He died in 97. Yeah. 97. He died. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's crazy to watch how this guy goes from like football, which a lot of apparently a lot of these wrestlers do. And he goes through, you know, all this shit with, with the polyps and baby mamas and marriages and, you know, some crazy stories with those women. Yeah. I mean, and you know, vice does a good job. They try to interview just about everybody that they can for these, for these shows. And they got Pillman's, wife they got his kids they have uh what was it that was like his football trainer when he was in in the yeah. nfl well, that yeah that, that that was just ended up being his like conditioning is yeah. you know even after the nfl but yeah you know. he'd like he kept like a like a good relationship with that guy and that guy kind of guided him through you know through some major yeah, I, issues i i i knew some of this story and you know they still pull up stuff that i've never i mean i'm not a huge brian pillman fan but you know the story and uh they, to make it into a two-hour thing i didn't think it would be 
all that captivating and they did a really well they did a really good job with it between all his stuff with his contract when he wanted to leave wcw but didn't really want to leave wcw just to rise up his his value and you know you hear conrad i think on some one of his conrad thompson does a bunch of different podcasts i'm sure if you're a wrestling fan you know of them they've done some brian pillman stuff before and you don't know whether he actually was trying to go to the WWF or he really wanted to stay in WCW. This show makes it seem like he wanted to stay in WCW, but for more money. And this show just gives you every bit. It gives you the stuff that was going on behind the scenes the stuff that was going in front of the scenes. It's got clips in there from WCW, WWF. One of our favorite clips when, when he, <laughs> when Pillman goes behind Bobby Heenan and All Bobby Heenan is notorious for having some, some neck issue right he said well what the fuck are you doing <laughs> he gets up and leaves so it's the the stuff with heenan is like that that clip is something else and it's like weird because the wrestling business is very like you don't know if they're ever being straight with with the audience they they, right. they kind of say one thing and another like the shit with heenan people say that like he really didn't know that he had a neck problem. And then this episode kind of alludes to like, he kind of knew and that's why he did it to get like the, right. to get like the, like to, to Heenan, get a rise out of him, to get, to a, get real a rise out of him and, and, you know, cause that little scene. And vice does a good job with like trying to get both sides of the story. Like what you were saying, you don't, you don't really know where Pillman's head was if he was trying to get a release for real or he was just, he was, you know, it was part of like a work to get more money at some point. The most of the consensus is that he played Bischoff to get out early. Right. And they interview Bischoff and he makes it seem like they discussed it together and he gave him the release so he could build up his brand and come back to, WCW at some point so you don't really know the truth of what's going on you know you don't know if Bischoff is just saying that to like not make it look like he was inept or he's being truthful and the you know right that Pillman was you know actually looking to come back and make more money uh it's it's Uh, crazy how well done the show is the, the second part, even between, you know, people not knowing whether he was trying to leave and that people didn't know sometimes with him, if it was legit or not, he, you know, they mentioned how he tried to play off that. He wasn't as hurt from the automobile accident when he signed yeah. with the, when he just signed with the WWF. And even when he died, Jim Cornette said he called the hotel and thought it was a rib <laughs> to see where Pillman was and the person at the hotel said you know uh, Mr. Pillman died like it took him a minute to realize he wasn't or he's playing it up just for the show but either way it makes for captivating television it does and that's that's part of like the like I said you you don't know what's what's true or what's not and that's kind of always been like the wrestling business you don't they don't want you to know what's really going on. And and that's why these podcasts from Conrad and, and 
these kind of things and YouTube series that always do so well because there's always another story. There's always another layer to peel back with these things. And unfortunately, a lot of these guys die young. I mean, we're not seeing it, thankfully, as much anymore. I don't think they're as addicted to the drugs and the fame because the fame isn't there anymore. It's not the business isn't what it used to be. Maybe someday no, it'll go back, not. but hopefully the drugs and the uh, crazy lifestyles don't come back with it. And it's kind of crazy how you have in the episodes, you have Steve Austin, who's a huge superstar and was, you know, he was a partner and a friend of Pillman's. And he says in the first, at least the first half, he says, I didn't know if Brian was okay or not, or if what he was doing was real, like he was right. really off the, off the wall or not, but I didn't ask him like, if you're like a close friend of this guy, why wouldn't you reach out to him? Like either you, you're like a shitty friend or you, no, you know, that's just the business. You, yeah. You, you know, that you don't want, he doesn't want to mark out to it. Right. He doesn't want to, yeah. he doesn't want to give it up, I guess. Right. So uh, it's, it's a hell of a show. I think this is their longest season, right? This third yes. one. This third season, it's just starting. This is the first week. It's, they air on Thursdays. It's on the Vice app right after. I like to try and give a rundown of the stuff that we we talk about, and that that's on the app. I I was able to watch this uh, the the first and second part without putting in any cable provider information. I don't know if the future seasons. You, I don't, work. Yeah, I don't think you need it. I've been using the app for I think all the seasons, and I've never put in my provider. Right. So, so hopefully if, if you're a fan of the business and you haven't really watched any of this stuff and you like documentaries, you really can't go wrong with this. The previous seasons, they did Chris Benoit. They did Owen Hart. Yeah. The Montreal screw job, the Legion of doom. They, they, they've done. And then they did the character, the new Jack the characters that, and then other people that you'd never even heard of before. Like Joe said, that are really wild fucking stories. Yeah, and it's like I feel like the more obscure the wrestler, the the wilder the stories turned out to be. Right. Uh, it's like I said, '80s through late '90s, early 2000s wrestling fans, you got to sit down and watch it. Even if you don't want to go through like you know some of the people you've never heard of, it covers all the major controversies. And if it's not on there, you. I guarantee you that these guys are going to tackle it at some point because they're the guys who produce it are wrestling fans and they, they get to the down and dirty with it. So hell of a show. Hell of a hell of a show. So that's it. I think that is, that will wrap up this week's episode It's going to be a a supersized uh, flick buster show. You want to go another what? hour? We can go another hour. <laughs> Fuck it. We'll do it live. So, Joe, your first experience on... Well, it's not your first experience on the Media Masterminds because when we had guests on on the very first season five years ago, you were one of the guests. But welcoming welcoming you back to the world of podcasting. Did Thank you enjoy you. your experience? I did. I, I, uh, I enjoyed it very much. This is... Uh... This is very weird. I'm not used to being up this late, like like Benny is. But I could, I could, I could still go like another two hours. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. So I think maybe we'll have you back. We'll see. Tease the Sounds future. Good. 
and uh, we'll see what you guys thought of this episode minus the rose. The rose is sitting this one out, but Benny, we're still thinking about you. We'll be ready for you for uh, another show. Down I'm just the keeping the seat we'll warm. Just keeping it, keeping it warm. <laughs>